0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today
1: chuck sworsky on 670 the score
2: left quarter levine for three got it kobe lets it go topside three yes Big time shot, Kobe White, foul line, right tempo, got it! Bulls take the lead! Rebounded by Williams, leading the break for the Bulls. Line to the lane, all the way to the rim with the left-handed dunk, going coast to coast. Patrick Williams, right corner, Morgan in, rainbow three, bam! Right in the grill of Willie Coley's side. Ball game over, Bulls win, Bulls win, Bulls win! What a ball game! For the Chicago Bulls. Chuck Sworski. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall. On 670 The Score. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Our NBA draft night coverage continues right here on 670 The Score. Until midnight, I want to hear from you. At 312-644-6767, whether you want to voice your opinions on a very quiet night, obviously for the Bulls, not over yet. So you never know what's around the corner, but uh, certainly speaking from an NBA standpoint, not a lot of trades. We just had one minor deal on a transaction a few moments ago, actually featuring a Chicagoland product for Sean Holmes out of Lockport, Illinois went to Bowling Green, terrific player for the Falcons in the Mid-American Conference, has kind of bounced around a little bit, but uh, didn't see a lot of playing time for the Kings, and Sacramento has traded him to Dallas. And so now the Kings with $30 million in cap space. And for those of you keeping score at home regarding the cap, Houston has $60 million in cap space for the upcoming season. That doesn't necessarily mean they have to use it all, but it's at their beck and call if they want to go with $60 million. Sam Smith of Bulls.com is going to join us in a few moments. And when we get thumbs up, we're going to hear from Sam Smith right here on 670 The Score to talk about the Bulls, who did not have a pick in this draft. Uh, The uh, number one pick, of course, went to Orlando in the Vucevic trade they did not have a second-round pick. So we're going to break down this draft with Sam Smith in just a few moments. Julia Poe will join us of the Chicago Tribune. We'll also hear a little bit later on from Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times will join us as well. No surprise, obviously, with the San Antonio Spurs. Victor Wembanyama going number one. He's 7'4", probably taller than 7'5". Could be 7-6. It's going to be a unbelievable and intriguing rookie season for the young man from France who not only can shoot the three-rock, but also can uh, have a handle as well. We're all set with Sam Smith, I believe. So let's go to Sam Smith, the Hall of Fame writer from Bulls.com. Sam, how you doing? Good, Chuck. Where are you? You were sitting next to me a little I, while ago. I, I was sitting next to Sam. And now I'm in the studios at six seventy the score. So Sam, let's let's talk Bulls ball for a moment. Um number one, there was a lot of anticipation, maybe some uh excitement that the Bulls would do something uh today. And again, the night's not over. We don't know what the future will hold, but what's your what's your take on what has not occurred to date? Uh, my 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 sense and like you say, Chuck, that none of us know like that keep a you know
3: lit on this kind of like the old um, Maxwell Smart series that only a couple of us would remember <laughs> the cone of silence but um, i think i think they were trying uh, obviously everybody's trying I, I i do think they intended to do i i i don't know i don't know if it's right you know say you know misjudge the market or gauge the market i think the market has changed with the Bradley Beal deal you know, everybody looked at the Go deal a couple of years ago or a year ago and said, well, you could get five number ones, you know, for an all-star and all this sort of stuff, you know, and now with the new CBA coming, which is going to limit, you know, the number of max contracts or huge contracts you can get. And then some of these, you know, huge uh, years out, like DLS, what, 50 million, four years from now or something. And, you know, so I, 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 my guess is they probably weren't offered much, you know, for some of the guys. Maybe Zach, we've heard his name, in, you know, in rumors, DeRozan, whatever, who does have a shorter situation. But, you know, it's more of a rental because he's a one-year thing. So I, I just think the market was probably less than they anticipated at this point, which doesn't mean that much. It just means at this point, would you know, a draft pick and whatever, you can't do anything now, but you could do something next week, free agency, and there's, you know, plenty of opportunities to do something at some point.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this, Sam, because I think a lot of people are going to wake up tomorrow and say, wow, you know what, what a bummer. I thought they were going to make a trade or two. And yet, uh, because of the free agency opening up in another week or so, And because a lot of teams now are going to just take a look at the big picture and say, "Okay, what is the value for some of these players around the league, including Damian Lillard, for example, that a lot of people felt that Portland, with the uh, third pick in the draft, would look and say to themselves, "Okay, like, uh, what are we doing here? Where are we going to go with this? And are we going to make a trade with Toronto, with Siakam? Is Lillard going to go in a deal with Miami, so on and so forth. So I do believe that uh, things are not as black and white as we may seem because discussions could be going on. The question is, as far as the Bulls roster is concerned, so like how do you massage this knowing that, okay, the draft's going to be over. Maybe they'll do something again we don't know yet um, for tonight. But where does this do to the makeup of the roster knowing they still have to sign some players? Well,
3: not only that, I, I, I do think the roster needs some massaging in the sense that, you know, they've made a commitment to Patrick Williams a couple of years ago with the number four pick, you know, as you know, they remain high on him. Now he's becoming extension eligible and, and, and he, you know, he, he, I remember even asking this question, he was unsure, you know, they're playing the power forward and he wasn't, you know, he and he was saying being the good soldier, you know, I'll do whatever they ask. But I think he's now convinced that, look, I'm a wing player. And this is where I need to play. This is, this is where I'm best. This is where I could help the team. And I think they have to, you know, figure out a lineup reset, you know, that, uh yeah, yeah, I know Golden State added Chris Paul and they're gonna play like this mini lineup or something. And maybe you can do it with Steph Curry. Um, but I think the Bulls put themselves in a in a difficult position too often with those miniature lineups with Alex Caruso or Derek Jones playing power forward. You know, I think you gotta get some size on the front line. Uh get Patrick Williams in at three, maybe, you know, get a power forward. Um, you know, and get your guard rotation you know, set. So, um, you know, and like you say, you mentioned Lillard. I, I think the the number three pick and the fact they didn't do anything with it, which I didn't think they would, I think Scrooge Henderson has a chance to be a really terrific player. Uh, and I think Lillard's going to go on the trade market right, you know, right as free agency begins. And that's going to be a big thing. And I think that's the other thing, too. I think a lot of teams that have interest in doing something or waiting to see what happened with Lillard, you know, sort of the first domino kind of thing. Other than deal, obviously, we had the, you know, the, uh, the trade, uh, the ability to, uh, uh, you know, change his
2: location with the trade limitation. You're listening to the voice of the hall of fame writer, Sam Smith of bulls.com. This Chuck Swirsky, Tyler Farringold is producing and putting our broadcast together tonight. And as soon as AK, our jurist Carter Chauvis, along with Mark Eversley, address the media. We will uh, take you to the United Center, and you'll be able to hear on their uh, assessment of tonight's activities. Until then, we're going to hear from different beat reporters. And Sam, I want to get your take on Zach Levine for a moment, because I think a lot of people felt that if someone were to go tonight, it was going to be Zach. And yet, if you look at Levine's season You know, let's put the first two games aside because I was telling Parkinson Spiegel today, all right, so so they wanted to make sure he was ready to get out of the gate strong, which he did after missing the first two games of the season in Washington along with Miami. So he comes for the home opener against Cleveland. He plays in 77 of 80 games, Sam, 77 of 80 games and really had a very strong second half to the season, it's hard to find players who can give you 25 points on any given night or more in the NBA. So, I mean, if, if Levine returns here to Chicago, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it?
3: Certainly not. And you know, the other part of that is, you know, if you're going to try to get something, you've got to give something. I, I think Zach is the best player on the roster. Uh, especially, you know, given his ability to shoot, his athleticism, all the things that figure in the NBA. Um, but it doesn't seem like, you know, if it were, you know, me, you know, I might try to do something with DeRozan or Caruso, um, but, I, but I, it, it, you know, you get the sense from both the management and also in the community for whatever reason, you know, Zach, uh, you know, and you know him, good guy, you know, good te- good teammate. You know, basically do whatever I ask kind of thing. Uh, hasn't You know, hasn't been that warmly embraced all the time by the community. And it's not that they really dislike him, but I think they look at it more like, well, you know, is is it? it Could we do better? Could we do something else? So, but, know, but, it's, but 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 Sam, see,
2: I I understand what you're saying. I don't understand that rationale. Why why has Zach Levine not been a- accepted? here in the basketball community as one should be for what he's accomplished as a two-time All-Star.
3: Well, and, you know, you know you've seen it, you've witnessed it, you're aware of it, it you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but, and, and, you know, it's, it's complex. Part of it is being with a team. You know, he came to the team when the team was losing, when the team was going through a rebuild and basically trying to lose, you know, in a sense, to get draft picks, which he didn't get lucky about um you know so he's associated with that you know and you hear the thing with Zach which I you know I I reject all the time but this notion of well he's not a winner he's not a winning player which is nonsense but it's still you know something that gets um amplified at times and and discussed and so you know some of it is association you know he was part of the prior management, you know, new management came in, you know, with their people and their vision and stuff. And it's not like they can't make them a part of it, you know, but, um, you know, you sort of come, you know, like a new boss comes in and, you know, you were hired by the last boss. So I think there's, you know, there's various elements to it. No, like you, I I, I would would mind seeing them build a team around Levine because I think he fits you know, a lot of the modern way the NBA is played with, you know, with long distance shooting, athleticism and ability to get to the basket, get to the free throw line, all those kind of things. So, you know, there's a possibility, but that said, if you want to do something and if you're looking to do something to reshape your roster, you know, you, 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 you know, you're not doing it if you trade Kobe White or something. And, you know, there's limitations on what you could do. But Rich is a free agent, you know, you, you don't have control over him. He's unrestricted. Um, DeRozan only has one year left on his deal. So, you know, if, if, if you look in to, to recoup, cap, you know, draft capital, which they gave up in recent trades and, and and they still don't have a pick coming from 25, I think it was from the DeRozan deal. Correct. If you're looking to recoup things that are high draft picks or quality players, you're going to have to give something of substantial value.
2: Sam Smith joining us from Bulls.com. This is Chuck Swirsky on 670 the score with our draft coverage continuing until midnight. And we're uh, late first round coverage again. The uh, Bulls without a first round pick and also a second round pick. And Sam, you mentioned Kobe White. Give me an assessment right now of Kobe White as a ball player, what you saw in 22 23. And do you feel at this point in his career, he would and is prepared and uh, is in a position to assume frontline point guard duties.
3: Kobe, Kobe came a long way, I thought, last year. And, and Billy Donovan has said the same thing. We've seen it. You know, nobody has been messed around, jerked, or whatever you might say, more than Kobe in the last couple of years. I mean, obviously came off injury, too, where he couldn't – didn't start last season, but, you know, he's a point guard. He's coming off the bench. He's starting. He's reserved. You know, he, he, he more than anybody hasn't had a defined role, you know, for basically since he's been with the Bulls. And, um, you know, he really showed a lot uh, in that last month or so, and they sort of gave him more responsibilities at the point. But really, you know, it's sort of like a you know, quarterback in football or whatever. You know, you could, you could wish for a guy because you need it. But either are or you aren't. And point guard is one of those positions where you either you either have been that or you just can't teach that. That's not something you teach. And I think he did a good job in, in filling in with that. But it's just not his natural thing. He's a scorer. And, and there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but I still think they need a point guard. I, I think he could fill in as a, you know, come off the bench and help out as sort of a combo guard. But I still think they're missing uh, a regular starting point guard position, and uh, I, I I don't I think it'd be asking too much and it'd be unfair to him to say you know basically the kid his whole career has been a scorer he's looked scoring first and now you got to say well why don't you become a facilitator
2: and then score if you ha- if you have to <laughs> Sam I <laughs> I understand the reasoning but great. the price tag if you want number one if you want a front line point guard no one's if you've got a frontline point guard the last thing you're going to do is trade that player but let's say you have a surplus of point guards and there are a few right. floating around orlando has a few guards available washington right. may have some guards available but you know again Sam you mentioned this they want something in return they're just not going to say ah oh, the bulls are looking for a point guard go ahead pick which one you want and, i mean they're going to want something in return and that's where i think it becomes very um, difficult from the standpoint, not only for AK and Mark, but for any team that's trying to find the right pieces to send back to a team if they want to acquire that piece. Well, I think, actually, I think you can do just because of the point you mentioned, because there is surplus. Like you look, look at Orlando.
3: I think the guy they picked black uh, is their point guard of the future. Cause he's big, you know, the send he can do a lot of things. And now that, that frees up guys, and they're playing faults. They kind of put faults in there, and now Suggs really has no, no position. So I think that's a guy that, you, you know, you'd be able to get for relatively low value. Uh, I think Washington, you know, where they, you know, are blowing it up and doing all, and all of a sudden they've got two or three different point guards. They got, was it Morris Monte from Denver? Uh, the, you know, also, I mean, they got rid of Chris Paul, but they've got, and they picked up the guy from uh, the Grizzlies you know, looks like they'll be their star
2: Tyus so. Jones.
3: Yes. So I think you could maybe pick up that, uh, you know, Monte guy from Denver. So I think there's going to be, yeah, not, you're not going to be able to get, and, and also another guy actually that I, I actually have interest in. I, I would take a shot at watch Russell Westbrook. I think you could get Russell Westbrook relatively cheap. Uh, he's not a classic point guard, obviously not a great shooter, but you know, he's this force of nature that gives you this incredible energy and, you know, bring something to your game, and so I do think there's d- different options of guys. Yeah, they're not, you know, you're not getting an All NBA point guard, but you get a guy who's been a point guard, who's played point guard, you know, and can, and and can run a team for you and get you into some offense. So I think there are some possibilities there that really are not going to cost you all that much.
2: Sam Smith's been uh, kind enough to join us uh, just for another few minutes, Sam. You let us know when you have to run because I know AK and Mark are going to be speaking apparently within the hour, so just let us know. But in the final moments we have, I want to talk about the center position because there's been speculation that Nikola Vucevic is going to re-sign with the Bulls. And and yet, you know, let's put Vuce aside for a moment. Andre Drummond has a player option, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. And so, based on there were pockets of time when we saw Andre Drummond getting a rhythm and then we wouldn't see him for a week. So, let's (laughs) say he picks up the option and he returns. Um, How do you think things are going to change then in 23 24 for Drummond compared to 22 23?
3: I really don't know. You know, actually, I got this completely wrong because you know, going down the stretch, and I was looking at the contracts. I said, "Well, you know, Derek Jones is going to opt in, you know, because that's three and a half million dollars, and I don't see his value, his market value, that being high." And Drummond certainly is going to opt out because he didn't play a lot, like you said. It was very erratic, and and, and clearly, even though he, he he publicly, you know, he didn't complain in the media, you could see in the locker room he he was unhappy about this. <laughs> So I just I just assumed for sure he would he was not going to exercise his option and uh, Jones was and of course it was exactly opposite <laughs> Jones apparently is uh, opting out to become a free agent and Drummond at least on a podcast you know hasn't officially done it but you know indicated that he he intends to return on that option so. I don't see, really, I don't see his play. They're committed to Vucevic. You know, they're going to play in big minutes. I mean, you saw even in, in the end there, Drummond was playing, having a really big impact against Miami toward the end of that game, the end of the third quarter. You know, and they went back in the regular rotation and put Vucevic back in there. So, you know, I think Billy likes, you know, he prefers uh, Vucevic for his offense and double-double possibilities. And so, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, things can change. I mean, as far as he, he maybe opts out, but – he, you know, he's basically sort of making a lifestyle judgment. And on some level, you got to commend a guy like that and say, look, you know, there's more important things than money. I like Chicago. I like this team. I enjoy the group. I want to be with them. I mean, and, all right, three, three and a half million dollars. Maybe it's not a lot for you and me, but you know, maybe some guys can live on that.
2: Hey, Sam, one other question. X factor for 23, 24. Tell me about Dale and Terry. He's got a lot of work to do. He, he, he it, it's going
3: to be tough for him. You know, he's going to have to show a lot in uh, summer league, and it's big. It's a big summer league. You always th- think summer league is, doesn't matter much, but you know, he obviously didn't get much opportunity, uh, so you can't judge it. He, he when he did, he didn't really show a lot that would get him in the rotation, and it wasn't our decision. You know, Billy uh, Donovan could have played him or he didn't. So obviously, they they were not convinced that he was ready to be for regular NBA play. And so, you know, if, if they don't make any major moves, they, you know, all those guys are back, Zach and uh, DeMar, Kobe, whatever, uh, and it's still, you know, it's unclear what I owe, it's going to be tough to get in that rotation. So uh, he's going to have to really show uh, a lot. And, 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 you know, given their shooting has been such a weakness, if he, if he can, you know, come in and show he can make shots, I think that's the best way of getting on the floor. You know, he's a hustle guy and can play defense and all. But they got guys who can do that, Alex Crusoe or whatever, uh, I.O. So I, I, think, I think if he can show in the summer, he could make shots. That might be his way to get on the floor. But he's going to really need a productive summer.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. I agree with you. Sam, listen, we'll let you go. We appreciate your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. Talk to you later. All right, that's Sam Smith, Hall of Fame writer of Bulls.com. In a moment, more NBA coverage right here. We want to hear from you at 312 644 67 Joe Cowley, just heard from Joe. We're good to go with him, and we'll call him in just a moment to find out his view on the first round of the NBA draft and get his Bulls perspective. Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times next on 670 The Score.
0: So, which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: You're listening
2: to Chuck Sworski on 670 The Score. And welcome back. 50,000 watts of NBA Bulls information. Always a pleasure. As uh, we are prepared for the second round of the NBA draft again, the uh, Bulls did not have a first or second round pick. And again, we don't know what the future holds in the second round, whether the Bulls will put the toe in the proverbial NBA pool and perhaps buy a second round pick. Not sure about that. Uh, We can tell you that it has been a very light evening as far as Trades are concerned, although one took place this afternoon with Golden State and Washington. Chris Paul on his way to play for the Golden State Warriors. The uh, Wizards receive Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, along with a first round pick in 2030 and a second round pick in 2027. Davis Bertons goes from Dallas to Oklahoma City, where Sean Holmes is sent to Dallas. From Sacramento, the Kings now have thirty million in cap space. Joining us, Joe Cowley. Read Joe. You hear from him from time to time, obviously on six seventy. The score. You read him in the Sun Times. Joe, how you doing? Chuck, how you doing, Barney? Good. Let Let's talk about number one with the Bulls. Um, what we you're going into the draft? What were your expectations for this night? I mean, not much. I mean, all
1: the talk all day and 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 yesterday, and the, and the people I've talked to was it, it was pretty quiet as far as you know. Look, I mean, everyone was hoping for this miracle shot that somehow you know Portland or Charlotte would get itchy and and, and decide that they needed a veteran, whether it was Zach or Demar, and there'd be this this miracle package that was rumored, you know, for the last couple of weeks. But I, I, the people I've talked to said that was never even. Reality. Um, you know, and, and the problem is, you know, we had these trades leading up to the draft, you know, Porzingis, guys like that. But to me, the real action is going to be what Damon Lillard is now going to decide. And um, does he want to stay or does he want to go? And, and if he does stay, does that mean they do have to add a vet? Uh, if he does go, what is that what does that look like? You know, I think that's the big major stone that will be moved next. Um, as far as Bulls fans and what they could keep an eye on, because then in the pecking order, does that now put Zach Levine in that pecking order of, well, Lillard's off the market. Now we have to go and get Zach. So, you know, otherwise, you know, I thought it was going to be very quiet. I, you know, the one thing that Arturis uh, has, has shown since he's, he stepped on, uh, on into that chair is um, when he says something, he usually means it and he talked about continuity at the end of the season, and right now they are still riding that course of continuity. Now, can that change? Yes, but I didn't expect it to change on draft night.
2: Yeah, well, you were right, obviously, about the third pick because, honestly, going into this draft, I thought Portland would trade that pick. And, And, Joe, I say that because I think they've tried to build this team around Damian Lillard, and while Lillard is a great player, his greatest strength is the fact he is a future Hall of Fame player. The greatest weakness Portland is facing is that um, he's carrying a huge price right. tag, and that it's hard to build a really good team when he's taking up a large amount of cap space. And that's why I thought, honestly, I thought Portland was going to trade that pick, and I thought he was. Uh, I thought that third pick in the draft would go to Toronto and I thought the Raptors would give up Siakam or a combination of players and, and secure that pick so they could replace Fred Van fleet with a guy like Scoot Henderson that obviously didn't materialize, but you know, I thought for sure we'd have more activity today. We already had some activity um, regarding Marcus Smart, Porzingis, you know, a couple of first round picks going to Boston as well. But uh, do you, do you think the new CBA is affecting things?
1: Oh, without question, I, I think a lot of those trades that were done yesterday. I mean, if you look at Porzingis, he comes off the books next year. If you look at Beale, um, you know, you know, I mean, the Suns seem to be a team that really doesn't care about the books right now. They seem to be in must win must win mode. Um, and then Chris Paul, he'll come off the books. So um, you know, everyone's looking. Well, why would Golden State do that? Well, Paul is. Four more years, starting next year, and CP3 comes off the books next year. So you kind of start the clock and see where you are before the CBA hits. I mean, it's going to teams are really going to have to start maneuvering and looking at that. And and, and to your point about about Lillard and Portland, I think I think what happened that relationship seems to be so strong between player and organization. I think their mindset was, you know, we're going to go ahead and take this pick. And then we're going to go and talk to Dame and say, okay, we got this kid. Do you want to work with him? Do you want to groom him? Do you want to try winning with him? You know, obviously we're going to look for veteran help. Or do you want us to do right by you and move you? And they still have that kid then. You know what I mean? So I think that's probably the discussion that's going to happen, or if if it hasn't happened yet, um, will happen. And and then I think the rest of the stones will start to fall after that.
2: Right. The the two teams that have been mentioned – uh, regarding Lillard has been Miami and Brooklyn, Brooklyn, because right. they have a draft surplus now because of the deal with Durant, with Phoenix and Miami always finds a way somehow, some way to come to up with guys. A- yeah. yeah how, how does that happen? By the way, Joe, I think they just know how to master the
1: cap. I mean, when you've got six guys that run drafted free agency, it's not putting much pressure on your, on your salary structure. So you can go ahead and, and, and do that. But again, they're going to have to be careful with Jimmy's contract, Bam's contract, Hero's contract. They're going to have to start playing that kind of, uh, okay, we know in two years this, this, the, the luxury of having expensive six-man, it, it ends. I mean, you're basically going to have to have, you know, your two or three max players, and if you have more than that, then you better have a lot of young guys around them that aren't taking up much salary because and that, and that have to be able to perform um, because that's just going to be the way teams are built, I think. And you, you know, again, we'll see. I mean, there's always people that are going to find loops in the system. But the way it looks right now, that's kind of how you're going to have to build. Is you're going to have to rely on youth a lot more
2: than than you used to. Well, case in point, I mean, Phoenix. I don't know. I don't have any idea what their bench is going to look like. None.
1: Right. Yeah, and and uh, I thought the bench was a huge problem in the playoffs this year, uh, and. How did they improve themselves? You know, I mean, I, they they now have a third guy that they could stagger and rotate with Beal um, instead of just the two and Booker and Durant. But I still think it's a very flawed team. When you watch what Denver did, I don't think they're any closer to dethroning in Denver in the West just because they added Beal. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that falls onto a new owner that wants to make an impact and has all that nice money um, that and, and wants to show the, the – the, the fan base, hey, there's a new day here.
2: Joe Cowley has joined us. Uh, Joe, of course, does a terrific job covering the Bulls for the uh, Chicago Sun-Times. And uh, Joe has uh, been with us uh, for the last five, ten minutes, and we really haven't talked about uh, as far as the the situation regarding free agents with the Bulls. And we know that Vooch, it's been published, and you have the uh, story that maybe – uh, he will return to the Bulls on a three-year deal. It's not official yet. Maybe it's kind of tending towards that happening. But uh, Kobe White, they're going to have to take care of him. Iodosumu, how does this affect the cap and all the, so to speak, the planets in the basketball universe for the Bulls? Yeah, that's the big
1: mystery because we've asked we've asked our tourists about that. That it's. If- you know, obviously the, the the money the money came out, and, and what what the tax line is going to be. I think it's 165 now. Um, it was a little. I think it was three million more than expected, but they're still really nudged against it if they if they are going to sign off three of those guys. And our tourists seem pretty confident that they're going to be able to do it. Now, you know, Derek Jones Jr. opting out, which is you know completely something different than he told us in April. Um, does clear you know 3.3 million or whatever it is so there is a a bit more room there but um you know the vooch thing is going to be big um from the people i've talked to you know it's probably two years in an option and it's going to come down to whose option is it um and then also you know the other those same people said that he was willing to give a little bit of a discount his family wants to stay in chicago um he just has another baby and and you know, they really can't travel right now. They, they'd like to get this deal done before they can travel and, and, and go back overseas for a little bit before they come back and start working out and stuff. So, um, you know, they'd like to get it done. And if they don't, you know, I think Vooch will at least listen. But I, I think Chicago is his first choice and honestly one B if if he had to have a, a pecking order. I think he really wants to stay. And the thing, you know, I've talked to him privately, and I'm sure you've talked to him about the same topic, um, he's not a guy that feels, I have to chase this ring because I'm up against father time. I mean, this is a guy whose dad played till he was 42, 43 years old overseas. And Vooch, you know, he played 82 games this year. He feels like, yeah, I could do a three-year deal. And then if I'm not satisfied with my career and I feel like I need that ring, which is, which is a different kind of pressure for Euro players, um, it's not as much pressure for them. Um, that it is some of the American players because of legacy and Charles Barkley. That's a whole other subject. But then I think he can sign up and say, okay, uh, now I'll try chasing a ring um, after, after this deal. But I think this, this bulls deal, he really likes playing for this organization. He would like kind of a different role. I think, I think he'd like some more touches, especially when there's a switch and he gets mismatched against a guard. It'd be nice if they could recognize that there is a mismatch. Um, but, but I, I think uh unless something comes out of the out of the blue that we haven't seen I think move should be back with the Bulls
2: yeah speaking of which uh, we've just received word from uh, shams the uh, Bulls are acquiring the uh, 35th pick in the draft from the Wizards and they are selecting Julian Phillips uh, from the University of Tennessee a 6-8 player and so uh, we'll learn more on that in just a moment um, when you just got that news regarding that uh, they've uh, managed to uh, maneuver themselves into the second round, Joe. What's your initial thought?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, th- these are these are picks that Arturis um, kind of beats his chest on coming from Denver and obviously what they did in landing Joker. Um, it doesn't surprise me, but they haven't hit on those second-round picks. I mean, Io, you can argue and say, yeah, but um, Marco – didn't work out too well. And even some of the first-round picks. You know, uh, Dalen, obviously, he's going to need a lot of work this summer, and, and we'll see what he becomes in, in summer league. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll see exactly what Mr. Phillips brings. Um, but, you know, this is where Arturus feels like he has an eye for talent, um, and we'll see if it comes to, f- to fruition.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, again, we'll uh, hear more. About the uh, second-round pick uh, reported by Sham Shania uh, in a few minutes when AK and Mark uh, addressed the media. But Phillips is uh, 6'8", out of the University of Tennessee, just reading reports on him. They say he's an excellent on-the-ball defender who moves his feet well and uh, in college often able to slide his feet to stay in front. Former five-star recruit, 6'11", wingspan to challenge shots. And so at the age of 19, he's going to come in and, you know, when you're the 35th pick in the draft, are you assuming based on this, that he's going to be a rotation player? Will he kind of fill the role of a Derek Jones Jr.? Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a terrible three point shooter, so he doesn't help a a
1: weakness there. So they didn't address that. You know, he's a slightly bigger Javante Green, right? I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I mean that that that's the description of them, and um, so you know, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's that that they're pretty deep in that spot. Um, they've kind of got a lot of those types of guys. So I don't know. I, I don't know where he, you know, I mean, I don't know where he would break into the rotation, uh, you know. And again, we don't know. The core is the core. We don't know what the pieces are going to look like. And, and I don't think we'll know that until free agency starts and, more more importantly, the trades start and pieces start moving. I think you're going to see a lot of secondary-type talent, rotation-type talent move this year just because of what we talked about, the CBA, and making sure you have guys in place that fill valuable roles and that you know what their salary will be going into that CBA, so you're not caught off guard.
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm just reading as we're speaking, Joe, uh, listening to you and then scrolling down some of the scouting reports on uh, the Bulls picked 35th overall, Julian Phillips. They said if if a shooting coach can clean up his mechanics, he'll have a long NBA career as a 3 and D wing. And the Bulls, according to published reports, have brought in Peter Patton, the former DePaul player, in fact, from Chicago. And I did right. his games when he was a member of the Blue Demons in the backcourt under Joey Meyer. But Peter has been a shooting coach with Minnesota and Dallas, among others, and, uh, and can really work with players. So maybe this is going to be a pet project of his. I'm not sure. But, I mean, if he has to work on his shot, Peter Patton has an excellent reputation in this league.
1: Um, I will say this. I mean, if you have a guy that I think he's an 80 plus percent free throw shooter. And I remember one of the things Tibbs told me very early on when I first start covering this team is if I have a guy that's a good free throw shooter, most of the time I could turn him into a three, a good three point shooter. So um, if there's something to be said about that, because yeah, those numbers are staggeringly different. His free throw shooting percentage to his three point shooting percent. Something seems to be off there. Usually, guys that can shoot free throws pretty well you can get them to be solid three-point shooters so you know maybe they see something in that shot that they feel they can fix and 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 go ahead and, and 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 grab that guy and get to the lab and get him fixed.
2: Joe before I let you go and again I appreciate it uh very very much I know you're waiting for AK and Mark to speak as we are but wh- where do the Bulls go from here okay they got the 35th pick in their draft but What are you anticipating then if you could envision down the road that they're going to take care of business or maybe dip into the trade market, maybe get uh, because Washington has a few point guards available, Orlando certainly now after drafting black, they're going to have a a surplus of point guards. Where do you think this is going with the Bulls?
1: Well, I would have been on the phone yesterday about Jalen Suggs. I'm a big Jalen Suggs guy. I think um, he'd be perfect as far as filling the loss of Lonzo ball. He's not the three point shooter. that Lonzo ball has turned into, but there was a time where Lonzo ball wasn't a very good three point shooter. What he is, is an impact player, a winner and a defender. Um, so I would definitely make that phone call. And look, I still think that, you know, the, the Zach Levine rumors, whether it's the Knicks or whatever, whatever, that's just a, a front office doing its due diligence. Um, now that doesn't mean it's going to happen this summer. I mean, it could very well set up for the, for the next trade deadline. If things aren't going well for this team, they now know what the what the market is for some of their guys. So um, I think all those phone calls are still important. But yeah, I mean, the first thing they have to do is address the point guard spot. Um, how? That's up for up to them to figure out. I mean, maybe they could go into camp with Kobe White as the starting point guard. Um, I don't love that idea. I think Kobe has a really good niche in what he did last year. Um, I would like to see them go after a Suggs. But, you know, that's only something AK can answer. There's definitely some teams that have a surplus of positions that the the Bulls could need. It's just a matter of what they want to give up to acquire those pieces.
2: Mm. Well, uh, you you mentioned Suggs, Joe. I mean, he was the fifth player taken in the draft, and I know – Uh, he's no longer the guy, so to speak, when you look at the first five. But having said that, I mean, Orlando's just not going to give him away. You're going to have to give up something in return,
1: right? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think that's where you have to get creative. And, um, you know, when you look at Orlando, what's their biggest problem? They've got all this young talent. And to me, there's no adult in that locker room. There's not that vet. Do they want DeMar DeRozan to teach these kids for a year? Maybe. Who knows, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, again, I don't know what other teams want or what other teams covet, and I don't know if, if all the other teams even know what they covet until they come out of this draft. So, you know, this thing's fluid, and I definitely think that, yeah, they're not going to give Suggs away, and the Bulls are going to have to give something away that might hurt. But to me, you have to start twisting this thing and turning this thing away from, well, this is our core – and this is continuity because you can't just keep marching out the same product. That was proven last year, and, and the, the the East is only getting better.
2: Well, there's certainly something going on, at least with Chicago sports teams, with the University of Tennessee. Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle taken by the Bears' 10th overall, and the uh, Bulls just making a trade with Washington for the 35th pick, taking Julian Phillips, six-eight small forward, from the University of Tennessee as well in Knoxville. Again, drafted 35th overall by the Bulls. Joe, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right, Chuck, you take care. Have a good night. Thank you. Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times, back with more in a moment. I want to hear from you, 312 644 67 You can drop us a text. You can join us live on the phone lines right here on 670 The Score.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: You're listening to Chuck
2: Swirsky on 670 The Score. And welcome back. Always a pleasure. We're talking Bulls and we're talking NBA hoops. Tyler Ferengel is spitting the dials there, and we appreciate his hard work. And again, the Bulls making a trade with Washington. We don't know what they surrendered in this deal, and we'll learn more on that when AK and Mark address reporters, and you'll hear it live right here on 670 The Score, but Julian Phillips, 6'8", small forward from the University of Tennessee, needs to work on his three-point shot, but apparently a very solid wing defender but uh, the number one storyline in the NBA is the arrival of a generational-type player, Victor Wembanyama, who went number one, obviously, to the San Antonio Spurs. And he had a message already to a huge fan base. Millions of fans globally are gravitating to the play of this wonder kind
5: in Victor Wembanyama.
0: What's your message to San Antonio Spurs fans as they go crazy?
5: I need, to, I need to see the footage of this. Uh, my message to them, you know, uh, is um, I'm going to make, I'm going to give 100%, make every, all, all, all that's in my power to to make this franchise win, you know, to have impact on the franchise and the fan base and the community. All right, so that is the number one overall pick. Uh, Victor
2: Wembanyama. we'll call him Wemby, but he also had a conversation with his new ball club, the
5: San Antonio Spurs. You know, um, very, very casual. I, 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 did get phone calls, and um, yeah, the, you know, they just, I was just told uh, that uh, they were, they were waiting to, to, to work with me, and yeah, they, they just wanted to, to reassure me and to, to keep me to keep me going, because I was in the in the playoffs in my season were about to start, and yeah, just uh, yeah, it was very casual. He's not intimidating yet, but I'm sure he's gonna get intimidating when I see him in real life.
2: Yeah, you think I think so And how about those workouts?
1: How would you describe your workouts and the work that you have put in to get to this point?
5: I just need one word to describe it unique Uh, Unique I got a unique body. I gotta acknowledge it and work to find the good way to work with it and I got a unique body. I can't work with the normal. I can't work in a normal way, you know. So yeah, it's really it's really different than uh than it's different than a normal than normal workouts, you know. And uh, but it's uh it's the same the same battle, you know. You, you need to entertain that work ethics and work hard at all times.
2: Okay, so that is the uh, number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama, and uh, no surprise, he went to the San Antonio Spurs. Brandon Miller again. No surprise going to Charlotte. Michael Jordan, who's on his way out as the owner of the Charlotte Ball Club, actually sat down with Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. And, um, you know, I, from what I understand, it was pretty much of a consensus with the Charlotte organization that they were going to go for Miller out of Alabama. Then Scoot Henderson went to Portland. And then Amon and Azor Thompson, the Thompson Twins, went to Houston and Detroit, respectively, and then Anthony Black, who I'm really a big fan of, he went uh, from the University of Arkansas to Orlando. Orlando had the sixth pick in the draft. Then they went for the 11th pick in the draft. They owned the 11th pick in the draft because the Vucevic trade with the Bulls. And a lot of people were saying, well, Orlando needs shooting, which is true. And so on the board was uh, Jet Howard from the University of Michigan or Grady Dick from Kansas, and uh, it didn't surprise me they took Jet Howard. I love his makeup, Grady Dick, excellent shooter. I think Jet Howard is going to get better, especially rebounding the ball, but I, I thought it was very intriguing as the bottom half of the lottery played itself out where these teams were going to go. I thought Utah made a great selection with the kid out of Central Florida, Taylor Hendricks, and you could go right down the list with the Oklahoma City, Dallas trade with uh, Derek Lively, the shot-blocking big man out of Duke, winding up with the Dallas Mavericks. So again, the uh, Bulls with the 35th overall pick out of trade with the Washington Wizards to select Julian Phillips. And uh, Julian Phillips with a very much of a very, very high upside. And again, needs to work on his shot. But as Joe Cowley mentioned, he shot 82% from the foul line. And as Tom Thibodeau told Joe Cowley once, listen, if you can make your free throws, I can make you a better shooter. And Peter Patton has arrived. Peter Patton Outstanding college player at DePaul. Outstanding shooting coach in the NBA. He is joining the Chicago Bulls. And uh, that's probably going to be one of his main targets as far as helping him develop that shot and breaking down his mechanics. We're going to go to hour number two right here on 670 The Score. Darnell Mayberry will join us coming out of the break at 11 o'clock right here on 670 The Score. This Chuck Swirsky.